everybody. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Okay, I can. Okay, good. Welcome to This Won't Last Long, the podcast where I talk all things me, if I deem it interesting. <laughs> all things nerdy, all things mainly nerdy, but all things pop culture as well. Stuff that interests me, and um, hopefully later on in this podcast evolution, stuff about pop culture and nerding and anything else that interests you guys or um, guests that I want on that hopefully will eventually, like people that hopefully eventually I'll have people on guests on this podcast in this evolution of this podcast, but anyway. This is episode 20. We're getting closer and closer to the end of this, um, 2023. And, um, in the event of that, that will be the, that will mark the end of season one of this podcast. Which is very exciting because season two will be a whole new thing. Um, I don't know how that's. I have a while to plan that, but yeah, I hope to. Um, and I have a new branding to the podcast every year. Um, you know, new logo, new um, me. Obviously, just naturally, it's going to be a new me. That just happens and then uh, new topics, like new conversations. So, yeah. Um, and what made me kind of thought think about this um, is there are these great two guys. I need to listen to more of them. Um, but in terms of like listening to podcasts, I've been catching up on Markiplier's podcast with his two best friends, um, Bob and Wade which is called Distractable. Go listen to it if you haven't. Um, it's not like either that any one of them in the friend group is um, small in any means, but like, it's just a really cool thing that they do. Um, so you guys should go check it out. But anyway, so since I've been catching up on those episodes, I still have more to listen to. Anyway, another podcast that I've listened to that um, I'll catch up on Distractable after I'm caught up with Distractable is um this podcast called Friends from Work, which isn't as big, but it's um very interesting. It's two friends from work that basically talk about everything um Marvel and like any little bit of news that comes out. And it's not just them that I've seen do this, it's like I hope you guys watch them, but are real rejects, um, which are probably my favorite, like, one of my favorite duos on the internet, on, or on YouTube, um, doing it today, and also one of my favorite channels in general, um, specifically in terms of reaction content, um, in the reaction genre, but yeah, 
they, they are great. Um, they really bring the, um, they really make it more than just a reaction. You know, it's, um, it's really their personalities and like their friendships with each other and their brotherhood and sisterhood and just, they're kind of all like a big family. Um, which is amazing, man. And it's just awesome to see they discuss afterwards and before and you know they have like fan events and like there's really great guys anyway I've been seeing them do live streams as of like it's a kind of a newish thing that they've been doing but like they kind of live stream uh, whenever they can but like whenever they try to live stream whenever there's a new and a big uh, breaking the internet kind of thing with Marvel that's happening really. Some Marvel or DC thing that people are talking about. Whether it's a rumor or it's a set photo like the Wolverine one. I think they last streamed about that. Or, um, uh, the Superman Legacy casting news. That was a big one. So, I may do something like that where in season two, whether I don't know what fandom I'm gonna do. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do one every kind of week. Anyway, this is just me shooting this shit right now. So like, it could be like, like real rejects, like all our real rejects, because I could see uh, if there's a big head, if there's a big headline, a rumor, or whatever that that everybody's talking about, if it's Marvel or Star Wars or DC or whatever kind of fandom there is that pops up that people are talking about, then I'll have that headline or whatever be the that headline or rumor or whatever be the focus of that episode and then if there's like smaller headlines or rumors that's kind of lower in terms of um, how big they are um, then those could be like the subtopics that I talk about outside of like around the big the big topic so but that's not for a while, you know, that's not until what was it, 25th, so yeah, like four months from now, so I don't have to think about that for a while, so um, yeah. But obviously to start it off is like every episode in this season, <laughs> which is about me, so um, I've been Let's just rip the band-aid off. I haven't been feeling the greatest. Um the past like month. Oh sorry, Mr. Spons. Um 
and I'll just talk about it briefly. So this is because started with a what my step step grand step grandpa passing and then soon after that I lost a good close person I considered girl considered a close and good friend. Won't name names and any other stuff like that, but yeah. Apparently there was a rumor spread about me that I badmouthed her and said more about her that she believed it, so I was like, okay. Your choice. That kinda helped me accept um her as a friend. Because I was more <laughs> mad. Um than sad really because of that, so anyway. Then soon after that Or sorry, I'm I'm messing your I'm I switched them around back to them. The first thing that happened was my stepmother passing away. And then soon after that it was losing that good friend of mine. Then soon after that I to a rumor and then soon after that it was Sorry, before those two things, it was my sister's boyfriend, who I consider like a brother to me. Um, okay, what are you? I don't know if it was that I it was that good friend. And then my actual grandpa, excuse me, is in the hospital because. We think I'll need, like, assistive whatever, being in a home or whatever, but yeah, just multiple strokes. Um, lost feeling to the one side. You know, can't move properly. Old people stuff. Common stuff, but still hard. Still doesn't negate it. How it feels. going in there and seeing how little he was able to speak or words, like it was just how slow he talked yeah, but anyway and soon after that lost um probably the one I was closest to in this old friend group <laughs> can't even say old, I mean I knew them since this November Closer to the start of this, more so start of the school year, but whenever we all started hanging out together as a group in November. So, yeah, this guy, he, I guess, just drifted apart from me. So, happens that that was kind of an easier thing to accept than the rumor thing with uh, the one girl. But then, yeah, so, lost him, he drifted apart from me, whatever. And then, yeah, and obviously we're still dealing with the grandpa stuff, so. I'm still dealing with, I'm still emotionally dealing with all of it, but, <laughs> um, because, you know, 
I'll be reminded of this and that this day or whatever and you know it, it all passes with time right so it gets easier every day but I'm still dealing with it um, and then yeah so I haven't been feeling the greatest but well we move and also under the girlfriend thing <laughs> I won't talk about any of it because it's all personal, but I've gotten used to it. People just like up and leaving. It's a common thing to happen in my age, and I've just kind of accepted that. That probably just happens the more older I get. And with life getting in the way, but I still have good friends that I get closer to. Um, shouldn't do that. So, um, when life starts to get in the way, starting this year with uni and everything, so, yeah. So that's it with how I've been feeling, but that's not all though. Like, I'm, I'm still excited for uni and I'm still like, I'm still me. Not depressed or suicidal or anything like that, I'm just still emotionally dealing with all those losses. But, I'm okay though. Still got good friends, still got family. Life happens, people die. People maybe like it just these things happen and I've just accepted that over years. <laughs> um anyway, uh fun podcast time. So the only really other thing about me the final thing I'll talk about myself is the projects because those are the most exciting. So, um, the next thing is university stuff, um, including Fan Expo. So, I so I'm so excited for both. I don't know which one I'm more so excited about, but yeah. So, with um. York University, it's not a secret, I've said it in many other previous podcast episodes, but um, one thing about York is that I found out, I don't know if I talked about it last, one of the last times, but um, I did talk about one of the last times that I Someone that I saw who was in my program on like the York uh, incoming students kind of account on Instagram. Um, I've made to a group chat all the people that we know are in our program, which is cinema and media arts production, film production. So, so uh, one of the people was Ronnie. Yeah, fine. Um, so she, we found out together that, like, because we were on FaceTime, whatever, that there's one million square feet, square feet, bro, of like in 
in the, uh, a studio space that is called Cinespace that York grants all the students, whatever, all the students uh, and filmmakers, whatever, to use for their projects and assignments and whatever. Holy shit, dude. It's 30 studio lots. So 30 studios. Um, well, actually, fuck. I didn't, I didn't even do the math. Let's, let's find this out together, guys. So, one million. I believe is how many zero? Yeah, okay, so one million divided by 30. <laughs> so each studio, if this is right, is 3,000 square feet. Now let's just search up how big 3,000 square feet is. It is 3,000 square feet. So half of 3,000 square feet, I just searched up, is compared to... Okay, sure. Oh, this, this is actually better. This is actually a better comparison. Um, one of the things on Google said how many people can fit in 3,000 square feet, and it says 500. So that's a big fucking studio, dude. And that's awesome, because in these studios, um, shortly after that FaceTime, a couple weeks after, I don't know the timeline, but I know that, uh, but yeah, so I spent, I stayed over at my dad's place last Wednesday, and we found out together when I was at, when I was out to dinner with him, um, that at Cinespace, at these studios, a lot of stuff that I've nerded out about have been filmed there. The biggest ones. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Kick-Ass. Saw 4. Handmaid's Tale. Um, the show called Taken was shown a lot, but anyway. One of the Silent Hill films, Silent Hill Re Revelation. Um, either four or five of the Resident Evil live-action films. Um, and that's all I kind of remember. Oh, and uh, Orphan from 2009, which I think is a big horror movie. So... Yeah, dude. If... <laughs> any celebrity that... I'm a fan of, or like has been in something that I love dearly. If any if any one of them is there, I'm gonna lose it. Cause like I'll I I don't know. Like I don't know how it all works. Like I don't know if all the students can use it one day and then all the A-list whatever actors can use it one day and whatever. I don't know how we're, I'll update you guys when I kind of start working there. Not working on there. 
thumbs and stuff there. But anyway. So that's fucking awesome. Because that like that puts it that puts in perspective how big this school actually is. How like I'm not one to care about prestige. But like it does to an extent say a lot about what school you're going to. It kinda says like here's what these people have that were taught here uh, grew up to do like for the I forget the fucking uh, Edgar Wright, sorry for Edgar Wright to have been taught there <laughs> one of my I mean let's just search up guys like Edgar Edgar Wright, okay? So besides Scott Pilgrim, which is a great movie, he's also made Ant-Man, the first one. was involved with it. Last Night in Soho, which I haven't seen yet still, but I've heard very good things about that movie. Baby Driver, which I've heard is one of the greatest movies of all time, but I still haven't seen it yet. On my list, don't worry, both of those. Uh, the... Um, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, obviously, great movies. The World's End, which I've heard about, but I haven't seen. Sing, which is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Um, A Fistful of Fingers, which I've heard about. Grindhouse, which I've heard became a cult classic. Um, Land of the Dead, which obviously is involved in the Dawn of the Dead kind of things. Shaun of the Dead things. Uh, Sing 2, which I haven't seen yet, but again, I love Sing. Yeah, all the all the Sean of the Dead kind of involved stuff. He made all those. Like, man. Most of everything was Scott Pilgrim. Like, yeah, dude. And just to confirm it, I'm I'm even gonna search up did Edgar Wright. University in Burnmouth, whatever, wherever that is, but still, like, he used York's services and respected the school enough to use. So, dude, and even if he wasn't taught specifically at York in Toronto, he still filmed Scott Pilgrim. 
and even new podcast, but he's, he films Scott Pilgrim in where I'm going to be filming all the stuff. And like, that's amazing. Because, obviously if I ever make Kick-Ass, I'll switch that up too in a minute, but like, specifically Edgar Wright, because he's one of my favorite filmmakers, um, or directors, whatever you want to call it. And um, for him to film Scott Pilgrim there means that, like, I don't call it cheesy, but like, I'll feel his kind of creativity kind of like seeping off the fucking walls of that place, of that of those studios, because like that's just what happens, you know. Like, he, that creativity never leaves a place like that. And, yeah, man. Like, I, I know that for a fact because of, um, because of from high school, those film classes I took um, with Mr. Like, Mr. Visca. And then, like, the studio ones, the, the announcements classes from grade 11. And then, and then again in grade 12. And also the... Um, what were the other ones called? Uh, Contact was the other one. Like, in grade 9 and again in grade 12. I had four classes with the guy. He taught me most of what I know. A perfect teacher by all means? No, but... Sometimes, yeah, he was. But also, without those four classes, I would know nothing of what I do now. And also, maybe I wouldn't even gone into film. And um, clearly, by the last two, two, three years, I've been writing and making kind of things and just content in general just like art um related to film like I like I was kind of born to do this like I just I realized that over the last few years you know and to be able to get to do it professionally is gonna be just amazing thing and I hope that uh, that Toronto International Film Festival thing happens for me. That opportunity happens for me. I pray and hope that fucking happens for me because that would be that is not an opportunity to be missed. I don't know what year, the four years that I will be there, that that opportunity arises. I don't know when that. I don't know when it happens. When it does, I will fucking get every chance to be at to to be at TIFF and to premiere my creations and to premiere my films because that's like it's a dream fucking come true that's like like if I don't get to go to the Oscars I would be happy with just going to TIFF like that'd be fucking amazing maybe be a milestone because That'd probably be the first time 
Cloud premiered um, a film or short film, whatever, in a theater. And also, if I get hired, that'd be also, or the producer or whatever, that'd be, a, that'd be a milestone, because then that would be, that that would mark the first time I'll, I'll have gotten hired to be in film professionally, professionally, really professionally. So, again, that's in the future, but whenever it arises, I will, like, mark my words, I will be a TIFF whenever that happens. Because that's, yeah, that'll be a big Um, anyway, so, um, I mean, it goes without saying, I am beyond excited to do this. It's been a dream of mine to do this for the past three years. And really, all my life, really. I've never been interested in film making since before three years ago, but I've always been that type. Like, I remember even growing up, like, in grade two and three when I was, like, seven, eight, nine, like, just... Um, I'll just call him Mr. M. I'll say his full name. But Mr. M would always... Um, give me extra time to write my stories. Since he knew that I loved the shit out of them. And maybe there was some mystical destiny thing, whatever you wanna talk whatever you wanna debate about it, that like the universe was kinda of working in him to like kinda of have me pursue that stuff more. And give me a space to do that stuff, to do that writing and those stories to explore my, um, creativity. Like, I've always seen things that way. I've always seen things in the creative lens, and obviously in the last three or four years, in the writing and film lens. Um, and if you don't know what I mean by that, like, I hope you do, but basically people call it creative eye or you have an eye for that or you have a good knack for that or you, you have a good eye for that or you have a good ear for that. Um, you have a good taste for that, like for example, uh, chefs or food critics, like any anyone in that kind of vein has the eye or the lens or more so the mouth and the taste for nose even or like certain ingredients and 
stuff like that, how a dish is prepared, like they're, they have that talent for that. With me and the filmmakers and writers and other people in the film world or industry, I have to say world, but anyway, and I have the eye and the lens for um, what makes a good story and yeah, what makes a good story, but also like what makes good shot, or what music would fit with <laughs> this moment in our day, or like, it just, it's an everyday thing. And over time you have to, over time you kind of have to learn to shut it off and just enjoy life, but also it's, like film is, my life and our lives in terms of like a filmmaker and writer and it's just so special that that's a community that I'm gonna finally properly be a part of and be joining it's gonna be so awesome and you know what if If it's not awesome, if it's not completely awesome in terms of, I'm sure there'll be negative things. Like every thing in life has negative things, but like compared to the last month, it'll feel like fucking Christmas, dude. Just this town is not connected to so much pain, so much anguish, and so much anger sadness, whatever. Not just the last month, but over the last, like, shit, man, all my life, like, to leave that behind and to just basically just fucking throw that huge boulder that I've been carrying for all my life of just this after this, and shitty thing after shitty thing, in this stupid, stupid town. Just throw it all, just throw it all off the cliff, throw it all out of the side of the car, and for it to, for it to kill over and just finally, finally die. It can be such an amazing feeling. Tomorrow. <laughs> well, like, not Friday, but like, because, you know what I mean, because technically today is Friday, so technically tomorrow is Saturday. I mean tomorrow in terms of Saturday. And uh, that feeling will start Saturday. So, there's a shitty teacher or a shitty... director, assistant director, or a member of my crew, like, it won't affect me as much as it did before, or as it would before. Because I'll be in a, in a place, in a city that isn't connected to anything, really. 
I mean, if anything, it's not connected to anything negative, really. Because the only other, the only times I've been in Toronto is for, like, occasions, you know. To visit a friend who lives there, like Shreya, or like to... You know, like growing up, you know, Ridley's Aquarium, or Jay's Games, or... Um, fan expos. And, you know, like it's not really connected to anything past those kind of things, you know? You know, I'm sure if I delve deep into my memory and, like, really thought about it for hours and hours, there'd be some, like, negative things that have happened on those days, but... We just think about it as a whole, as a town. It's nothing negative. And that's great, and I can't wait. To finally go to that town, you know? Or that city. So anyway, that was a little bit tangent, sorry. Um, yeah, other university stuff is that like, um, in terms of finally finding a partner, we'll see how things pan out with a certain girl on my program who I'm not like directly interested in, but I mean I am, but like it's also if you immediately kind of I'm sure anybody my age knows you just immediately like tell someone I want to date you, I want to go out, blah blah it just it just, it just no, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. You have to actually know the person first, you have to be their friend, you have to like, like get to know them. And then, after a while, there's a way more of a chance of like, them actually willing to love you and all that, so. I, don't, I, I hope it happens because there's this one girl in the program and then there's my roommate, who I just started talking to today, because there's, we are talking about yesterday, um, or not yesterday, last time, last episode, uh, I didn't find out about who my roommate is yet, and today, this morning I woke up, um, I, over time I hope I kind of get rid of this habit, but like, mostly everyone in the world has this habit, so I'm not, not like, oh, who is me? So, you know, checking your phone in the first thing in the morning, that's the first thing you do, you do when you wake up. Other than like stretch and say hi to my cat and whatever. Anyway, people with cats and dogs relate, but anyway. So, woke up, checked my phone, uh, checked Snap and Instagram and TikTok and all those kind of, all those kind of fun ones first, and then I checked email, because I saw one that said roommate, and then I'm like, huh? And then it said roommate request, and then I'm like, oh, so I got more intrigued. I read on and it said Logan, and then I was like, oh? 
and then it linked his email. And I was like, okay. So, it's not like it wasn't real, it was literally from York and whatever, so I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, we were talking on the email thread, a few messages, and then I... Literally no one fucking talks in email, so I was like, okay, here's my Instagram, we talk more in there. Um, and then add more socials later. So you add my Instagram, so I was Instagram. Um, there's a very, um, very attractive cosplays. Very attractive cosplays, but yeah. So, <laughs> other than that, um, he's also very nerdy. That's good. He's in the community as well as an ally um, for LGBTQ, which is great because was, that was my like only, if not main fear, of not knowing who my roommate was because like what if they were phobic or what if, like, you know that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't be able to put myself or I wouldn't be safe in my own dorm room. Like it was just a terrifying concept. And for that to finally be a relief of like, oh he's an ally and he's pansexual like me and all that stuff, that's amazing, man. And he also, you know, one of his poses he was wearing eyeliner. And like more flowy clothing for prom. That's me also with the feminine gender expression, which is also amazing. So I have nothing to worry about in terms of that sense. You know, I'm sure there's more... There's always gonna be people who don't like me and people like me in terms of fruity and queer and stuff. Especially in Toronto, but... in big cities like that, but... in terms of just living on campus? It's awesome that I don't have to worry about that. I can just be myself. That's, yeah, that's just... Can't even describe the fucking breath of relief that I had when I found that out today. When I found all that out today, I was like, ah, oh, I was like so relieved. Anyway, so maybe that'll work out. We'll just be friends either way. Not losing anything. If I'm just friends with both these people, but... and meeting all these people they go why don't you find that person but you know it's not about that though because even though life is a, life is about that for some people it's not about that for me and a lot of other people sure a lot of other people too I'm sure but like partner is the ultimate goal I mean, yes, it is, but also, it's not the same thing. Because you shouldn't focus on it too much. I've learned, so... I was stretching my neck. Um... It'll just naturally happen. Especially with York, I feel like it'll happen. Like, sooner than later. You know, I'm sure it won't happen in fourth year. It should happen, hopefully, in this first year. Maybe in second year because like you know, I've talked to many people, to many people about this, family friends, whatever. Them, of them agreeing with me that 
just being at York and having that initial connection, that initial connection of being interested in film already helps. Like kind of meeting people and dating and being interested in people like that already. So hopefully that all, that kind of stuff works out, that kind of part of it. So yeah, that's kind of all the university stuff, I think. Other than I need to <laughs> organize my clothes either after the stream or tomorrow at some point because tomorrow is the final day, I'll have a chance to do it, so obviously I'll do it tomorrow. But yeah, man, I just... I don't know. It's gonna be trippy, kinda of not being in this house first time, well, like, for that long, it's gonna be pretty weird. <laughs> like, I haven't felt this way since, since there's so much younger, like, 12 or 13 maybe? Because that was my first over, yeah, I remember, because it was like 2016 or 17, so I would have been, yeah, 11, 12, or 13, around that range. And my first sleepover, this uh, old friend of mine, um, mine's Lake's house. Um, yeah, and I was there for that whole afternoon, and obviously through the night, and a little bit of the morning and that little bit of the afternoon the next day as well and then I went home and then I was like, oh, I'm home again. But it felt so new to be in like a... Um, someone else's house and it was just like... Yeah, man. Also, wait, and also a few years before that I was like... eight or nine and we went... First and only really vacation um, is to the resort of Delawana. And that was very new to me. First vacation I've been to so far in my life. And I remember even at eight or nine, it feeling amazing. It just it was four days. At the time that felt new, obviously, me being a little bit younger, eight or nine, and family never being on a vacation, me never being on a vacation, personally. Just all felt so new. Waking up in a cabin. Breakfast the next building over, like it was just so. Yeah, man. And obviously, the few summers with camps and things like that. Those are amazing for the most part. Um, there were some you know, negative things. Don't talk about that. I don't focus on that stuff. But yeah, it'll. I haven't felt that way for years. 
That'll be... I hope it's like all those other times when I was away from here in this town where it felt like time didn't mean anything or even existed where it felt like bones didn't exist where it felt like the problems of society didn't exist or the world or anything it was just that moment right then and now I hope that York feels like that. Obviously, I'm also a realist. I know it will feel like that every time, every day, or anything like that, but I hope it feels like that at least a lot of the time. So, yeah. But turning that concept on its head, Kind of finishing off this segment myself. Um, my projects, which over the course of them went through a lot, especially in the final kind of days of making it. Either of them, both of them. Um, which I talked about at the start, obviously. So, using the two friends. And and things and uh, others and so yeah five losses in the last month obviously translated to me feeling less motivated to finish these two projects but actually funny thing some, a funny thing happened. Because that's what I would say if that did happen. But I actually felt way more motivated. Because I knew that leaving this town is coming up. It was coming up at the time. And I said to myself, yeah, this fucking sucks. But also, so this will suck less. We should finish these projects so we don't have anything to worry about when we're at university. And I just fucking went and went and finished both the projects. Like, like yesterday I made the last four trailers for um, the one project, the interview. Like that. Like it was just, I went and that was a go and I just finished everything the last, like, wonder so all this has started happening. And that's been pretty hectic, especially with leaving uh, the restaurant job that I was working at for the past four months as of yesterday, but actually my final day was the 20th. So technically th uh, three months and 20 more days, but also just four months, whatever. And round it up, shut up. So, <laughs> so with that being said, I mean, 
with work it felt more motivating because I knew that I was going back home after work to work on stuff I actually enjoyed and that I was almost done those projects but also I was almost done working at the restaurant so both kind of coincided and that was a pretty incredible thing because I was like you know, not to do my own horror or anything but like dude I was pretty fucking proud of myself so, like think about it because the interview I conceptualized and conceived the idea of one year ago which is crazy to think. And in that one year, you know, procrastination hiatuses aside, um, if you want to get really technical about it, no, I wasn't working on it for the whole year, but I was thinking about it for the whole year, pretty much. Um, so in a way, I was working on it for the whole year. From a certain point of view. <laughs> What's gone by that name? Obi-Wan, since so before you were born. Anyway. Um, and then with Strom into Progress, the personal documentary that is coming out. Either mid to late November or early to either November or December at some point. <laughs> so... <laughs> and also the teaser trailer for that is coming out uh, tomorrow. At some point. I think midnight tomorrow I think it's coming out. But anyway, so... With Stroma to Progress, it was five months of working on this. And, you know, when I wasn't practicing guitar, I was looking for songs or adding songs to my playlist of, like, tutorials, or I was listening to songs of, like, what would be easy to play, or I was listening, or I was watching, like, cool guitar things to kind of be part of the community more. I was editing, because I'm, I'm, I'm someone, as you, as I've talked about before, like I'm someone who edits while I film. Um, like I edit during the duration of my filming process. It's part of my process, which will be, I'm sure, challenging for me when I start working in actual groups. Um, at York, but anyway, including things, but yeah, in terms of showing the progress, I would like I would film a session and no matter how little or no, little or uh, oh my god, what's the fucking word? No matter how little or
because with this, with Storm in the Progress, I would film a session with like little to no progress, at least for a few of them, and then edit it to show what I wanted to show, and then you know maybe that'd be it for the day, or maybe I'd add some text boxes to it, or some color things, or some effects or whatever, sound things, music, whatever. But I would do that every time I picked up the guitar. I'd work on editing it for the next couple days or whatever. Like I was basically and you know there was the rare there was the kinda rare day where I would like where all my work would be but it was just listening to songs or watching tutorials or whatever. Not actually doing anything on the laptop or on the guitar, where I would just kind of be um, trying to think of ideas of how to conception of how to like um, make it a cohesive narrative of a self documentary. Just research about how to make a self documentary. Like, there was all these things where I would just in certain ways be working on this documentary for the last five months pretty much every day. Unless there was like the unless there was like a day where I was like doing stuff with people a whole day or working a lot or whatever. Where I just kinda because that work you kinda have to turn your mind off. But anyway. So And then, obviously, as I was starting to make the documentary five months ago, uh, when June kind of started, maybe towards the end of June, I don't know. Uh, the paths kind of converged, the two projects kind of converged, and converged in the sense of like, I was working at both same exact and that stressed me the fuck out and you will see in the documentary that how stressed I was because I was like and think about it at the time it was still also um I realize I don't have to now but like I still thought I needed to learn how to skate and that was the thing I wanted off the bucket list or whatever. And then there was also my reading list that I still needed to finish. That I wanted to read every book of, which I finished in like, before graduation, so I didn't need to worry about that after June. But like, yeah. From like, March to June, I was worried about it. Same with the skating thing and then after. I realized, like, okay, no, actually, it's just these two projects that I want finished. So, this skating is, like, like guitar, I, like, with guitar, I realized also, like, it's just, like, in terms of my case, my specific case of just wanting to learn guitar and skating, right now at least, it's just something that I'll, con it's just two things that I'll continue learning 
through life. Like a, you don't perfect things that you want to learn, right? It's kind of the whole point of learning things, because it's the enjoyment of learning it. And the pursuit of perfecting it, but never actually perfecting it, and you kind of accepting that. It's kind of the joy of learning. So anyway... Um, especially artistic things. So... And also I can learn skating while I'm in Toronto as well. While I'm at York and stuff. So. And then... With, um... With the interview... Um, the two friends who helped me film... One of them was the guy that close friend that I lost. So, <laughs> over the last month, since like mid-July until I guess last week or before last week, when I lost him, um, that month, there was like no contact because in reality, he was just, he was just holding off. I was terribly afraid of admitting, of admitting that he lost his connection to me. He was too afraid to admit that to me. I'm too afraid to just be honest and fucking tell me straight up, which is something I don't respect. So I lost a good chunk of my respect for him with that. Anyway, um, so with that, um, I, I kind of had to find someone else to fucking help me. I was desperate, man. Dude who is in a similar in a, a program adjacent to mine, screenwriting, um, named Oliver, who graduated from my former high school last year. So he was doing nothing this summer. And he was like, he was automatically willing to help me. And then, uh, for however long I needed help with it. So I was very grateful to him, and will always be, because who knows how long it would have been until someone besides Oliver would have reached out. Like, right? Who knows how little time I would have if Oliver didn't reach out to finish the project. So, and then uh, Oliver went on a vacation, kind of before school, uh, before school kind of vacation, before school starts kind of vacation, um, 
last week. And with that, I was like, shit, I need to film the last part. I need to film by myself for the for the project, for the interview. So I was like, fuck, how am I gonna do this? And I just struggled with it, but I did it. I filmed it and I was proud of it. It's probably one of one of the nine parts I'm either most proud of or one of them that I'm most proud of. One of them that I'm really proud of. Um, so um, yeah, that stressed me out. And, and so that was the only part I found by myself that last night video for it and then yeah before that Oliver is helping me for like the other seven videos and then before that it was obviously the intro video that we that um that the other guy that I lost and his boyfriend helped with uh, also another one of good friends his boyfriend but yeah Bloopers with those two old friends, and then a more formal, for lack of a better word, behind the scenes kind of thing with Oliver. So you will see both soon after the interview was released, and then I'm next, and then in October. By the way, the release date is October 13th. The, the final trailer for the interview is next month, um, pretty much a few weeks from now, um, Friday the 13th, October, th er, sorry, <laughs> more like Tuesday the 13th, it's September 13th is when the final trailer will be released, and then the next three weeks after that, a different kind of quick kind of promo will be released every Friday until the final promo uh, on October 6th we'll just say next Friday at the end and then next Friday after October 6th will obviously be the release of the project so a very satisfying timeline for me to kind of follow and then with Strum into Progress being the one that I had a hard time admitting this to myself but with Strum into Progress being a project that I'm more proud of compared to the interview um, I mean I like being released af after the interview because I just figured it's better for that to happen in terms of like, um, in terms of people, you know, either liking or not liking or whatever with uh, the interview, people to kind of sell their opinion, their opinions on it, and then I'll let some time pass. 
including some trailers for it up, up until close to, close to the release, which I haven't figured out yet. It'll just be around the holiday season because around the holiday season is um, every year a time for hope and kind of more positive thinking and stuff. So Storm Under Progress being that kind of that kind of movie, that kind of documentary, I figure it should release around that time of like you know positive thinking and motivation and family and stuff. So yeah. That'll be like, like I said, November, December. I'll figure it out sooner than later. And then, then yeah, man. But, um, it definitely is a weird feeling having both these projects done and then immediately wanting to work on more, make more trailers and just do more cool things, more projects. It's something I, I've felt before making videos that I wanted to make the next video. But I've never done these kind of big projects where I've just felt like... where it... I mean, they did take a lot out of me. Especially with everything I've lost. Closer to the end of finishing both of them. And kind of... somehow getting that motivation through that loss. I don't know how, but then, then, then just wanted to leave the town, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've never done projects as big as either of these. I've never done a project that's taken much out of me and drained me so much. Um, both in good and in good ways. And then immediately want to do the next thing. And that's the creative edge, man. And it's a curse and a gift. And I'll, it'll just increase and be more frequent as I films and make more projects and things. So that's a great thing because what you love doing should and shouldn't drain you in the sense that like yeah sure you're gonna feel fucking that you shouldn't do what you do at times. I felt that way a lot of times. Especially during the summer. But, on the contrary, there are people who have been impacted. Um, and do feel things from your work. And then that brings you to it. That brings you back to it. Like, okay, I need to do this. For that one kid or for that one person, and that's that's the whole point of it, you know. Whatever you do. 
my, in my specific case, obviously, it's that one kid who watched my, you know, looking back on it now, really shitty short film <laughs> called Deja Vu, about like my anxiety and my mental health at the time. That was soon after the breakup. I'm missing my friends and stuff. My best friends at the time. And then like... It just... It was like a coping thing of like, okay, maybe if I make a... short film better and make content of or I make content about it, maybe other people will be, will feel the same way I do, or I guess did, not in this sense, but, in the past tense, but yeah, and then kind of feel better about what they're going through. So, one kid a few years younger than me did, he texted me on TikTok, and uh, Basically, like, hey, you know, you don't know me. This is kind of weird, but like, it's really impacted by the short film you made and all the content you make on TikTok about it. Mental health and stuff, like, and it kind of puts in perspective what I've been going through. I'm going through a similar thing. I just want to say thank you, and it's really cool that you do what you do, or at least take anywhere to do, do what you do and make what you make, and I just. I just bawled, dude. I bawled my fucking eyes out. When I read that on TikTok messages, and I was like, said a whole thing about thank you, and I was said this, blah, blah, and whatever I said. But like, and man, I don't even care if he's watching this or YouTube or whatever or not. He was impacted by that one video and that one era of my content when I was like in a bad place and all that made content related to it that in, that impacted him that made him feel better about what he was feeling and my logic is that he got past what he was feeling thanks to partly thanks to my content which is amazing and then and then he kind of stopped watching because he he was like, okay, I don't need to watch this dude anymore. I got through it, thanks to what he made. So, then he stopped watching after that, after he got through that darkness. And I respect that, man. It's like, he never said that, obviously. He never said that one thing to me, thanking me, but like, if he still does watch this, that's amazing. I don't know, but he does or doesn't. That one interaction online, that one, like, knowing he was infected, knowing what I made, helped someone. Like, just brings me back to it every time. I feel unmotivated. Not just, I mean, it's a much more simpler one. My more recent, a few months ago, but still more recent-ish uh, video essay about perks of being a wallflower. 
never alone. Um, or sorry, it wasn't videos. It was um, it was like an edit and senior creation, whatever. Um, someone commented um, that was like really beautiful and stuff. No impact or anything of like making it better, or you going or whatever. Nothing compared to that last kid. But also, it was like the thing of like, oh, it made him feel like it was beautiful. It made him feel compelled to comment that. Beautiful enough to him to comment that it was beautiful <laughs> to him, so he was impacted too. Like, two people, have, two people have been impacted at this. One big, one small. scale of that impact is big. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I went off on a lot of tangents in this section about myself, so... <laughs> I think that's it. Um, I would show you guys a trailer. But I really don't want to spoil it for anyone. It's not that many people are watching this. Um, yeah, and I, I, I won't, I won't. I'll keep it for, for, uh, when it's released. That timeline's really important. Anyway, moving on, um, the nitty gritty of it. Uh, Gamescom. Gamescom 2023. The Rebel Moon trailer is released. People are saying it's a Star Wars ripoff. I disagree. I think that is a bunch of studio heads saying it should be like Star Wars. Or it shouldn't be in Star Wars. Because um, according to, you know, famous headliners and news bulletins, whatever, Zack Snyder wanted to do a Star Wars kind of in-universe Star Wars spin-off film. Um, I guess, like, based off the trailer, probably exploring different worlds and um, different galaxies in the universe and whatever. And I guess some big studio heads or whatever <laughs> didn't let them. And you know what? That's fair. It's other people's creations not sex letters, fine. But then, like, <sighs> I don't know how late or early into production or pre-production, post-production, whatever, sex Snyder is in Purple Moon. Yeah, it does kind of feel too much like Star Wars. And it's different. What makes it different is like the um, the magic part of it, because magic isn't so much in Star Wars. Um, but yeah, dude, there were literal fucking lightsabers in the trailer. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, dude, he kind of fucked up. But it does look awesome, and you know what? 
we haven't been getting like however you want to debate about it because Star Wars fans debate about it until they fucking are dead about what type of content we've been getting about how bad it is or good it is or whatever we haven't been getting truly amazing ground groundbreaking like Star Wars stuff for a long time Even though this isn't technically Star Wars, it's definitely Star Wars feeling, and I want that, need that feeling again. That will be pretty special, and I love Zack Snyder, so that will just be a fucking cherry on top of the cake. So that's really all there is to say about it. I would um, kind of do a trailer breakdown thing, but. I don't make the type of content that's for the bigger people that I watch. <laughs> like new rock stars and real rejects and um, heavy spoilers and whatever, whoever. I don't do that because it's echoing what people have already seen. Like, who make stuff faster, who have teams of editors, who have, like, I did. <laughs> I don't add anything new to that conversation. I just talk about it. Um. And also, I'm not that smart. <laughs> but it does look awesome, and... Yeah, it kind of does feel like Star Wars ripoff. Um, that's also because Studio Heads didn't want him to do it in Star Wars Universe, and he kind of had no fucking choice. So... <laughs> Man, Zack Snyder just deals with duty has left a fucking right. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he's one of my favorite filmmakers. I love Zack Snyder. He's a filmmaker, man. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for the movie. Apparently it's a game coming along with a release, which I don't think has ever been done in history of, you know, ever. So that's fucking awesome, and I can't wait for that. <laughs> As well, that'll be a pretty revolutionary thing. If it does feel like Star Wars or not, that's... That's just a milestone in film, so that's amazing. Um, and then, as well as GameStop, uh, in Gamescom, there was Little Nightmares 3. I love little, the Little Nightmares universe, I love the games. Um, I watched Jacksepticeye play... Jacksepticeye's playthrough on Little Nightmares 2, loved it. Loved the story, loved his reactions to everything. Just loved Jacksepticeye and Little Nightmares, but anyway. Obviously, I played it before, like, I'm still playing through Little Nightmares. First one, I kind of know a lot of things that happen, but, like, I still want to play it for myself and see the gaps that I haven't seen playthroughs and things like that. So that's still, I'm playing that one, and I have Little Nightmares too. Um, the physical one, so I'll play that probably after Little Nightmares 1, but, yeah. But also, adding to my fucking playlist um, of games to play on here is Alan Wake. Apparently, it's this game about, and I already downloaded it through PS Plus because it, it was one of the free games, I think, last month. Or maybe this month, but 
the, the first one and it was like it's the remastered and everything. And apparently it's about a writer who wrote a horror kind of thriller novel or book or whatever. Um, I guess about himself and about his monsters and his kind of horror world coming to his own life. And then that book starts to come to Alan's life because Alan wrote the book. And then he doesn't remember writing it. Oh, it's I can't wait to play that fun game. And then Alan Wake 2 got a fucking trailer. Like apparently there's live action, there's like a live action world in the game with the live action Alan Wake. Oh my god. I don't that's never been done either. And I like I cannot wait for this. Because like you know especially my generation. People don't like those kind of games anymore, which sucks. It just sucks. People don't like those kind of stories anymore. Games or art or anything in art, really. Of like, like I was literally seeing comments on the trailer being like, oh, too confusing. I'll pass. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's literally an author whose story like haunts him and his pursuit of escaping that darkness. How is that not compelling? <laughs> and I'm not the only writer in the world, like how's that not how's that not compelling to some writers? And who knows, maybe maybe the writers weren't the people who commented these things, but you know, like it just it breaks my heart in terms of this generation. You know, the, not even just this generation, but this time in the world, like I don't know, but either way, personally, I'm putting aside for that game, and I'm sure, uh, you know, you guys will tune in to me playing that on here, because I just, I mean, who knows, maybe I'll start making video, like, gaming content, but it just seems so draining. Because and you have to make it like funny and stuff, and you have to say quips and things to keep people under. I just, I just want to play the game and experience. The game. That's the whole point of Twitch. So I'll, I think maybe I'll change my mind in the next year or so, but. I'll most likely stick to gaming on here, on Twitch, and focus on everything else in on YouTube, including more uh, reaction content, which should be coming soon. Um, I mean, it's not. People just like gaming content kind of gets passed under under the rug in terms of YouTube now for some reason. 
I don't know why, because it's just, it's just an incredible thing that used to be on YouTube, but then now it's just kind of, yeah, just been passed over as, like, old news and stuff. It's just stupid. It's bullshit. But anyway, very excited for Alan Wake 2. Earlier today, there was Pigeon Simulator, which I cannot wait for. Um, there's Little Nightmares 3, Clue News, is going to be released on PS4. Um, as well, I haven't talked about this, but Jedi fucking Survivor is coming to PS4. Like, doing a re-release on PS4. Oh my god. I have been seeing this game and I wa I've been wanting to play it so badly. And... Like, I, I still need... I still have yet to play Fallen Order. I still have the game. Um, I know a lot of what happens, but like, I still want to play the game because I get What the fuck am playing as a Jedi? How would I not want to do that? Um, so, I'll still play Fallen Order, and I'll still play Jedi Survivor when it comes out in PS4. I'll play both on here, probably. We'll see. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, and then there's the Hellboy game, which is still going to be released, and it's still being made. There's a kind of uh, trailer for that release date trailer, um, and kind of bad news, it, it said PS5, new Xbox, and then PC, so I do want a PS5, that's another, like, thing to save up for in the next year or two. Um, mainly because of Spider-Man 2, I mean, come on. Um, so, you know, if I, I'm assuming, like, I'm assuming this game won't be released for a while, like, it's probably be delayed, this Hellboy game, and assuming so, like, I'll, I'll, I'll get a PS5 and I'll play Hellboy on, P on PS5. That's the eventual goal. It'll be fun, and um, whatever it happens, you know. But yeah, so here. And then, what else was was announced? Um, there was like some uh, offshoot of the Goose Game, where you play as like a little tiny man, which seems funny. <laughs> but I've never played any of the like, Goose Game kind of things, so. It looks fun, but like, it's not something, it's not something like Spider-Man 2 where like, I'm like, I need to play this. So, whatever. It looks fun though, but maybe. Anyway, and then I think, oh, and of course, okay, fucking The Last Ronin, it was a little bit ago, but the announcement trailer, it shows the four uh, candles representing the four turtles, um, and it shows glimpses of how they died. It doesn't show the actual turtles, it shows the first one, Leo, with um, his mask floating in water, so he drowned. I don't know how. I'm sure we'll find out in the game. And then there was... Um, it doesn't show the mask for the other two, so I'm just gonna guess Raph. I don't know. Uh, for the second one, which was Fire. There was like a 
town burning or something. So I guess we're after I'm protecting a town. I don't, I don't. And then third one, obviously, Dantello probably died. Um, there was like a whole. Thing of arrows flying to hit solid ground. So he died he died by a bunch of arrows, I guess. And then it showed the one still lit candle of Mikey. Um and then it showed all the obviously all who was working, all the people who were working on it and stuff. And then it showed concept art the of the last one and Michelangelo home is fucking self. Uh fighting the foot, the foot clan, and they're all like mechanized and shit, including Mikey. He has like a mechanized suit and shit. There has never been a Turtles game like that because I mean, I've never really played Turtles games, and I remember playing one growing up, the Xbox 360 or something. But anyway, there's never been like a samurai-like Turtles game. Or, I guess, better analogy, there's never been a Sifu like Turtle, Turtles game. Um, so, that's gonna be fucking incredible to have that be the first of its kind in terms of the Turtles. Um, I cannot wait for that. I forget, and I don't think it said any of the platforms it was, it was releasing on. But it'll probably be... I mean, it's in development, so like I'll probably eventually get it on PS5, and that's fine by me. So... I think that was it. I'm not wrong. Okay, let's, let's check, actually. Um, so let's just look at IGN here. Um, yeah, Prison Simulator... Uh, the Hellboy game thing. Um, oh yeah, that's also a cool thing. Lance Reddick is Hellboy in the Hellboy game, and he sounds great. Uh, the late Lance Reddick. Yeah, he's awesome. He was awesome. This is just, that's just gonna be a great kind of final thing. Um. looks like the Eye of Sauron. That's not great. Maybe that's a sign. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, Gamescom? 2023? Yeah, like nothing else was really 
Oh, when, and then there was the shitty thing of some guy crashing the event, talking about GTA, GTA 6 and wanting it to be talked about. He literally like went up on stage and nudged, nudged the Game Awards guy and like, fuck man, that's just shitty. That's just like humanity being shitty and that's just really stupid. It was just stupid. It was just hard to watch, kind of. But, um, me personally, I'm excited for a lot of those games, and, um, I can't wait to show you guys my experience of playing, of playing all of them that I talked about. Little Night, Little Night Miss 3, Jedi Survivor when it comes out in PS4, Alan Wake, and Alan, um, Alan Wake and Alan Wake 2, respectfully, or respectively. Um, maybe Pigeon Simulator. And the Rebel Moon game, wherever and whenever that comes out. Uh, the Hellboy game. The Last Moon. Yeah. Excited for all of them, man. All of them. So excited. So yeah, man. That's kind of gonna be it. Uh, oh, how can I fucking... I saw Tales of the Jedi recently, because um, last time I talked about Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, I don't think I'm going to talk about Clone Wars yet, um, because I'm waiting for to watch Ahsoka fully to kind of talk about. I don't know. I, I, I feel like once more Star Wars is released, I'll kind of make a another big video essay about like kind of a retrospective of Star Wars and like how important it is. So that'll be like a while from now. But I will say Clone Wars was an amazing show and I loved most of it. There were hidden misses, but like overall, it's an amazing show. It was an amazing achievement at the time. Still is because they completed it. They made the final season and stuff. And yeah, that's just—it's incredible, man. And um, you know, both Clone Wars and Rebels and other things that I haven't seen yet. But explored the magic side of Star Wars, which I've always loved. Um, you know, it's not shown too, too much in the movies, but the little that was shown in the movies I've always loved, in the shows and stuff, the live action ones. And then of course watching these animated shows, it's just, it just explores so much within the magic side of Star Wars with the Night Sisters and um, the war between the world between worlds and uh, Bendu and and um, and the living force and uh, the wills and yeah yeah it's just oh and of course Mortis how can I forget Mortis yeah it's just and more I yeah. Pretty incredible, man. And like, 
Tales of the Jedi, I saw, I, was, I realized, like, oh, shit, I haven't watched this. I should probably check it out before Soka comes out. And then I was like, I watched all six episodes. I should have watched it in how a lot of people watch it, which is like these the, uh, Ahsoka episodes and then the Dooku episodes. Because uh, it was released in like, the six episodes were released like in order of the galaxy, which didn't, was like fine, but also just, eh. But anyway, so... The, um... Tales of the Jedi first episode, like these Oak episodes, I understand in comparison to the Duke episodes how people didn't like them as much as Duke episodes because these Oak episodes didn't tell a cohesive narrative. They didn't. They just told different points of Ahsoka's story. The first episode, obviously, we didn't, like, we haven't seen before her as a baby. Her family and where she comes from, which was very incredible, and her being destined to be a Jedi, which was just made me cry. <laughs> um, like fucking four words, Dave Filoni, four words, and you made me fucking cry. Jedi, Ahsoka is Jedi. <sighs> yeah, she was just fucking thinking about it, and then. She connects to the tiger and it's like, oh my god. Like, dude. She connects to the to the living force through the tiger. As a newborn. What the hell? <laughs> like, that shows how powerful Ahsoka really fucking is. Oh, uh, Dave Filoni, you're a fucking genius. Um, that's where all these shows have shown also. Um, Genius Dave Filoni is, oh my god. One of my favorite creators, filmmakers, writers, anything ever. <laughs> Not in Star Wars, but just in general, even though pretty much all he's worked on is Star Wars, but still. And then, um. Of course, episode 5 with um, the Clone Wars stuff. Oh my god, dude, Anakin taught Ahsoka unknowingly how to survive Order 66. <laughs> that is both incredible, mystical, in a weird way, and also heartbreaking, all at the same time. Because it showed how close to Darth Vader he was getting. How close to Vader Anakin was really getting. How willing of a student Ahsoka was to Anakin, and how much she trusted him, and how much they trusted each other. How it was such a good relationship. It showed um, how much of a brotherhood clones were. Kind of, but like, showed how good of a friend Rex was, or is, to Ahsoka. 
Um, obviously the most compelling part, which showed just how that was Anakin's final gift to Ahsoka. Uh, having her survive. <laughs> Order 66. Having her survive what he helped with. Which is just so fucking heartbreaking when you think about it. Like, she survived. Okay, there's. Let me. Anakin Skywalker. Hadasoka Tano. His student. His. Younger sister. In a way. How to survive the massacre that. Unknowingly taught her how to survive the massacre that he, her teacher, her former teacher, how the thing, the massacre that Vader helped to orchestrate. Like, that is a fucking genius parallel. Oh my god. And of course, we come to episode 6, which is just. Oh my god. Like... It shows how compassionate Ahsoka is. How even though this town is really... This village is just... Kind of a bad place to live, kind of bad working conditions. Um, these... Imperial sympathizers. to live with um, especially some especially a certain few of them really love the Empire too much one too much one of them too much to the so much to the point of uh, turning us up in as a Jedi um, to the Empire and then obviously when the Inquisitor shows up I think he was shown as like the eighth brother or something. He was credited as, but anyway. Or that's what he had. that's what he is in the book or anyway. That's the book I'll get eventually the Ahsoka book. So he shows up. Let's just call him eighth brother. And then despite all this, despite entire village burning down because of these Imperial sympathizers. This one, and specifically. And, yeah. She, is, she still protects him. She still protects the entire village. Um, because she knows that's what a Jedi should do. And that's what Jedi should be. And, and Ahsoka's words... You see people who need help, you help them. Like, dude, that's so fucking true. And that's that that's what was shown in this episode. And it's just yeah. And also even though it was fucking 30 seconds, again Dave Filoni's a genius. With uh opening with Padme's death from Avenger the Sith. It, 
it's a weird thing with Ahsoka because, you know, obviously, you Star Wars fans know, Ahsoka wasn't even <laughs> a thought before when Revenge of the Sith and the prequels were even made. So, kind of weird in the sense of how she was there for all of these events that were in the prequels. But she technically wasn't in the movies. It's it's weird to think about. But anyway. She wasn't even thought of until 2008. <laughs> 2007 or whatever. Soon after Event of the Set was, was released. So. Anyway. So she... She was there at Padme's funeral. Secretly, obviously, because she didn't want to get outed and killed by the clones, so... Um, or Inquisitors, whatever. Clones, yeah. So, knowing that she was just there, and then the line that she says of, she was a friend. Like, oh my lord. That is satisfying, knowing that she was there. Heartbreaking, knowing that she was there. Um, knowing that Bail, that Bail Organa saw her out of a crowd of people in the funeral. Knowing that he followed her and helped her, led her to survival. another time in terms of having having him having him pick her up pick her and her friends up um, after the village massacre to the survival through contacting Bail Arcana and then of course the Duke episodes oh my god something we've never seen ever in anything. I don't think this is even in the expanded universe or the books or anything, the comics. Dooku's fucking origin story of how he became Duke, how he became Count Dooku. <sighs> when I say I was shocked of the signs, of how of how it was shown how it was showing how right the dark side sometimes is in terms of the edit of in terms of the ideologies how close he was to turning back to the light with the adult. Like, if Palpatine wasn't there, being the manipulator and influencer that he is, after Yaddle said Qui-Gon wouldn't have died, or Qui-Gon didn't have to die, I think if Palps wasn't there, 
Dooku would have gone back to life, and potentially Order 66 wouldn't have happened. Or the Jedi would have had more of a chance to prevent it. To prevent it. Um, so, or fuck, maybe. And it, or maybe Vader was just made sooner than <clears throat> sooner than later. Anyway, so you know, it was just heartbreaking knowing that knowing that he would have turned back to light, man. Close he was. Knowing that, knowing that he would have helped the idol and the other kind of non-Jedi like Ahsoka and all them tear down Palpatine. If not for Palpatine being there, like a Jedi. chilling lines in these episodes, oh my god. Like, go save your father. One dude who was being a quote-unquote Jedi. Oh my god. Um, in episode two, obviously. Um, his first episode. And then... Episode three, with, um... that one officer guard or whatever being like the Jedi are lapdogs of the Senate nothing more nothing less he only exists to do the Senate's bidding how right that guy was years before years prior to any of it actually coming true like wow Episode 4 is probably the most chilling line of Dooku's episodes, with the adult, her final words being, and how many people have died for what you call order. Holy shit. Like, sums up the Empire and their beliefs and Palpatine's manipulation in how many words is that? many people have died for what you call in 10 words if only sums up the empire their beliefs in 10 words 10 words 10 words <laughs> 11 if you got a question mark but like 10 words <sighs> yeah um thing I'll say is that Star Wars I've seen watching these shows and how much they connect to all the movies and seeing all the Heroes fan productions edits and people's reactions to them and talking about people talking about Clone Wars and Rebels and the Jedi and stuff how important Star Wars truly is um
what each character represents. You know, and, and, and of course, Star Wars being Star Wars, some characters represent the same things as other characters. Like, yeah, like Ahsoka represents kindness and <sighs> helping people to a fucking tea. Almost to a fucking fault. Because her. Her leaving Anakin in the order for her belief in what the Jedi should be, what that Anakin taught her. Um. Kind of her heart telling her, like, that she can make an impact elsewhere in the galaxy. Contributed to Anakin's fall, the dark side. Like, fuck man, how powerful is that? Ahsoka's heart and compassion that was taught by Anakin Skywalker led to the creation of Vader. Helped, led, helped lead to the creation of Vader. Like, oh. Dave Filoni will do this, but it's a genius parallel that I just kind of thought of if he would do this. But, um, like the final scene with Luke and Vader, or Anakin, I guess I should say, um, where Anakin says, Tell your sister. All that stuff. Um, about how right Luke was about Anakin being the chosen one, and Anakin still having good in him, light side in him. Um, in obviously we saw Book of Boba Fett that Ahsoka and Luke have met prior to. Us seeing both of them together on the Jedi Temple in Book of Boba Fett, and I feel like in Ahsoka, in the Ahsoka show, maybe obviously later in the first season, um, how they met, how they first met Luke and Ahsoka, the before that show. So, I just thought, like, wouldn't it be genius if Luke told Ahsoka, who is, a, like she says, a friend of the family, but also, like, an older sister to Luke, if you think about it. Um, not besides Leia, obviously, but... So, you know, I would think part of their first, one of their first conversations was talking about Anakin, and 
Pablo for the new knew him respectfully as Anakin and Vader. How little Anakin, how little how they kind of juxtapose each other, or how they knew Anakin and Vader, respectively. How little Luke knew Vader, or how little Ahsoka knew Vader compared to how how long Ahsoka knew Anakin as Anakin compared to the opposite with Luke with how little Luke knew Anakin compared to how long he knew him as Vader he knew Vader as Vader it's kind of like the opposite they kind of juxtapose each other of how they knew their father figures well, I guess in terms of Ahsoka, her older brother figure, but, you know, same difference. I would love for Dave Filoni to put that together, of, like, Ahsoka finally finding peace. Like, well, she did in Rebels, with the line of, like, You can't save your master, and I can't save mine. But also, I'd love for her to finally acknowledge it of like, oh, he's the chosen one because he cheated. Oh. Orientation week 
whatever time I have there. Whatever free time I have there. But yeah, so it's gonna be different, that's for fucking sure. Like gonna be here and stuff, so that's gonna be a little weird. I know. But yeah, so and maybe, who knows, maybe I'll have time tomorrow to stream some games. Hopefully I do. But yeah, so... I also just want to... Watch a couple of YouTube videos and then go to bed. <laughs> so... Anyway, final thing I will say is... <clears throat> In Ahsoka's words... Why had she lived when so many others had died? She asked herself this question too often. Perhaps because she didn't want to face it. Because she knew the answer. Podcast. <laughs>